0: This is According to Callus. This is episode 179, and today we're going to talk about what ails us. Now, this would be real simple to get lost in the weeds. This would be more challenging to approach it the way I'm going to. I'm going to lay out the idea that there's three common faults, if you will. Those three common faults are caused by a greater mechanism. And I've touched on that in the past. I just want to focus just a little bit of time on each one of those things. Then give what might be a simple solution. It's not going to be easy, but what I think might be a simple solution. I've started a series of videos. The idea in the that I'm going to express in those videos is how do we rebuild a community? I'm taking that from an amalgam of my own personal thoughts, which have then been, I guess, uh, supplanted or augmented or uh, added to by at least two different books. Uh, one of them is Gashmu saith It, by Douglas Wilson. I might have mentioned that already, but just want to give credit where credit is due. And the other one is Crunchy Con um, by Rod Dreyer. And let me say by the onset that they're not the only uh, two guys I'm pulling some of the inspiration, but there is a definite overlap of things I've been thinking about for quite some time independently. Of even Rod Dreher, who his book is, I, I kind of briefly mentioned in a previous podcast. I want to say it's uh, at least ten years old. Um, it might be older than that. And then um, Douglas Wilson's book just came out a few uh, days ago, actually, and I've already read it. It's 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 a short book. It's easy read. I plan on sharing my copy. So on with the program. What ails us? So if we set aside. The spiritual implications, which is what I was hinting at, we have three primary, I guess, direct, observable issues. One is we don't have a common ground. There is no common ground. That's what's portrayed. Whether or not it's actually true is not relevant. It's just the zeitgeist, if you will. Then there's no trust. This is a little more touchy and a little more difficult to explain and I'll catch that uh, momentarily when I return. And the third thing is no loyalty and loyalty in my mind is a little bit different than trust. So let me get from the beginning. When I say there's no common ground, what I'm saying is what's portrayed to us um, both in the media and And in the general understanding of a conversation with most people is you have the far right and the far left and never in the two shall they meet, right? Both sides disdain the moderates. Both sides want them on their team so they can, quote, control them or push them. But the goals are so diametrically opposed or so we believe. What I would suggest to you is as simple as. There's good and there's evil. There's control and there's freedom. There's right and there's wrong. And there's really not a lot of overlap there. There can't be common ground if that's the way you look at life, if that's the way you understand things. In a fallen world, it's not always that simple. When you look at the greater good, right? There's Philosophers have spent millennia trying to determine what's the best worldview, what's the best way to do this. And as Christians, we believe we have those answers, but for somebody that's not, or somebody that struggles with it, this, this is what this conversation is for. How can we talk about the things that we don't agree on and we're probably never going to agree on without creating bigger problems? How can we do an interaction that does justice to both sides. And is there really an opportunity to work together with somebody we don't agree with? Is there an opportunity to get an agreeable goal? And we're told there isn't. We're we're told over and over again that that person or those persons are evil. Indeed, there are certain uh, segments of our society that believe that I'm inherently hateful, sinful, whatever you want to call it, because I'm a white man. Or I'm a heterosexual Christian, so therefore I can't understand, and, I, and I'm and i not worthy of discussion, and I should be cast aside. And they would make that claim based upon that, you know, 100 years ago, my people, white males... Uh, we're on top of the world. And that may or may not be true. I think the um, Mongols might have had something to say about that at one point, the Chinese at one point, the the Egyptians. You know, it changes throughout history. And one group's ascendance usually uh, proceeds another groups' descent. Somewhat cyclical, if you will. So when I come to people... And, I, and I've done this, that, you know, I have served as the moderator for the Think On It forum. So we've done three of the six that we planned. Uh, the next three are coming up here in the next month or so starting again. And the idea is we're going to take a topic that both sides agree is an issue and try and invite people in with different ways of discussing it to see if indeed there is a common ground there. There's something that we can agree that might perhaps address this issue or something that we could consider. Well, one, that the other side is not inherently evil. And two, they see the same things and maybe we can agree on a solution. Whether or not it's going to fix it a hundred percent, but doing the same thing is clearly not fixed. it. Throwing money at things clearly does not fix it. Can we try something different? Are we willing to work together, to try something different. Can we set aside the preconceived notions, the doubts that there's any common ground? That's the challenge. So that that's number one, the, the lack of common ground. I, I reject that, but I'm well aware there are a certain segment on both sides of the aisle that have zero interest in working with the other side. And that's not a terrible thing. But for those of us that are at least willing to discuss and look at the other side of the issue or maybe say and be willing to acknowledge that, hey, uh, Mr. Quasi-Progressive or uh, Mr. Advocate of this, that, or the other thing, I don't agree with your solution, but I do agree that this is an issue. Let's talk about what we can maybe try differently than what we've been doing that we know doesn't work. I think that's very valuable. And I think that's how you find the common ground that they say is missing. So the next thing is trust. This is related to the third thing, but not exactly the same. When I'm talking about trust, I'm talking about trust in society. There are certain segments of our society that simply don't trust society as a whole and certainly don't trust other portions of that society. And i got to say, they're not wrong. We haven't given them, and when I say we, I mean as a society as a whole. I'm only a piece of that society, regardless of what you may think. Society as a whole has not done a good job of giving them a reason to trust society as a whole. I think that goes back to some of the knee-jerk reactions, some of the overreacting behaviors that are exhibited by government. So when you go to fix an issue, whether it's a minor issue or a major issue, and you give it to government to fix the problem, government only is concerned about one thing, does it increase my power and how do I maintain it? Maybe you'd say that's two things, but I, I, I think for the purpose of this discussion, it's about expanding and holding power. And if I am government and I can come in and fix the solution, it doesn't matter if it actually gets solved, but it gains me more power that I get to hold. Well, I don't care. I, I'm government. I, I want control. I want authority. Everything works in their favor. Everything. We do a bad job when we allow that to continue yet we all make the same mistake. We keep going back to government asking for help and expect a different outcome. I think there might be a saying by some famous guy about doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. But I digress. We have to build trust. Now certain segments of our society, actually their cultures don't believe trust is warranted now before we go into the weeds at what that might be and what i'm saying here i am painting with a broad generalization brush i am not indicting any one person or group of people i'm merely observing what is my familiar background if you will or familial background is a, a portion of it is out of Prussia. Germans are very well known for following rules and being strict. The French, not so much. The Italians, heck no. Right? So there's variations between different people groups that you want to lump all Caucasians together. And I would suggest to you that's a big mistake because there's huge differences between Russians and Spaniards and Greeks and English. So, and that's just that one group of people that we're talking about. So this is not an indictment. This is just an observation. And if you have a low trust society, it's difficult to work together to get things done. And when you perpetuate the idea that the society is not worth the trust that you're asking for. You just make matters worse. You just perpetuate the problem. That's not a good idea, in my opinion. Because after all, the whole purpose of the show is for me to tell you what I think, because it is according to Callis, And I will tell you that... It is difficult to gain trust of people who have a track record of being messed with to keep it clean. And again, don't blame them. And that goes across every segment of society. People have been shortchanged and they just don't trust. And the question is, how do you fix that? Well, a lot of it is by doing the right thing by saying what you're going to do and then actually doing what you said you were going to do and when it's done consistently people get trust built into them you're you're building you're filling up the reservoir of trust if you will in society by doing the things that you said you would do and in the way you said they would do them and if you fail acknowledging the failure and then explaining how you're going to make it right. Whether it's restitution or trying again or just saying, I'm not capable of doing this. Let me get something else. Whether it's to fix it or repay him or whatever the situation, you want to do the right thing. Now, again, this is a major challenge apart from God. But again, for the purposes of this discussion, we're separating out the spiritual aspect of this conversation. So that's also very important in sales, right? Deliver what you've sold. That's a keystone in building a business and in growing a business is to actually deliver on your sales. What I would suggest to you is in society, when dealing with individuals or even groups of people, if you say you're going to do something, you darn well ought to do it. That's how you build the trust in society, apart from the spiritual aspect, if you will. Now, keeping in mind that trust is necessary for the third component here, let me transition into the third component. That's loyalty. Now, loyalty is something that's hard to come by. I uh, once had a guy I knew who uh, said that, and I I didn't take it well at the time, but he said I was kind of like a dog. And what he meant by is I was loyal, loyal to a fault almost is what he was implying. And he, he was very careful after I kind of took offense to explain that it had to do with a character trait thing that he knew about, not so much as a, um, meant as an insult, but more as a descriptor. Now, I'm somewhat familiar with the different personality quizzes and whatever else, and I don't put a lot of faith in them, but some of them are eerie on how um, accurate they can be on specific things. Of course, there's always the exception to the rule. And again, broad generalizations here, not meant to indict anybody on any one thing. But if you don't trust people, it's really hard to be loyal to them. And if you can't find common ground with people, again, very difficult to be loyal to them. But loyalty also means that you're going to be willing to say, well, I don't agree with this person on this thing, but I trust them enough that because of the things we've worked on together in the past or because of their reputation or behaviors in the past, that I'm going to stay loyal to them, that we're still on the same team because there's enough common ground that exists, because there's been some trust there, I can stay loyal to this person. Now, the challenge is, is loyalty being hard to come by is also difficult to win. So one of the things, and again, I can't think of a better example. I'm not trying to always be politics all the time, but it's not lost on me that let's call it 90% of a demographic always votes one way. It doesn't matter that they never get the promises delivered to them. It doesn't matter that they're treated like garbage the moment the election's over. It doesn't matter that nothing has substantially changed for all that loyalty that's been delivered, yet they still are loyal. And I know what you're thinking, but it's on both sides of the aisle. It's not just one group that does this. Now, there is a certain segment of our society that gives loyalty to an individual. We call it a cult of personality in its most extreme form. And I think that the former president won based on that. He may have also lost at least... We're totally lost because of that. Um, but the reality is, is when the former president's gone, those people that were excited and loyal to him are kind of at the side because they just don't trust the rest of the apparatus of the team he was on. And to be honest, can you blame him? So why would they be loyal to that? Right. Going forward, if you're going to have any common ground and you've built up that trust, you can earn the loyalty. But loyalty is also a two-way street. I have to be loyal to people that I'm not always 100% happy with. I have to be loyal to people that are on my team that let me down from time to time there are legitimate reasons why people fail at things. There are legitimate reasons why people can't deliver. And as long as it can be explained well, and I've felt comfortable with the common ground and the trust, I'm willing to stay loyal. What I'm suggesting to you is society as a whole doesn't necessarily look at it that way. They have a hair trigger because they don't have trust Again, we've talked a little bit about that because they fail to see the common ground. Again, I've mentioned a little bit about that. They are quick to disavow, not stay loyal. And really as a society, again, we haven't given them a reason to stay loyal. So let's, let's take a look at a couple of examples. We have a good number of elected officials. And again, it's a convenient thing to use as a demonstration. Because it happens on both sides of the aisle, I'm not even going to mention names. But some of these individuals are elected and they move up in the ranks. And they went into office as, let's call them moderately successful. And they are now extremely wealthy. And you look at some of the things that have occurred over their terms in office and how they became extremely wealthy, who do you think they're loyal to? Now, for some of these people, it's that corporation or those individuals or perhaps China or the Ukraine. I mean, those are just two easy, low-hanging fruit examples there. But their loyalty is misplaced. So if I'm an individual in their district and they're supposed to be representing me and I see that they're not loyal to me, how can I trust them? Regardless of the common ground, that loyalty is no longer warranted. That loyalty should be in question, yet every cycle those same people get elected by roughly the same margin, by the same basic percentage of the demographics that show up to vote in those elections. And nobody questions it. Now I know the excuse, well, eh, they're one of us, they got their little something, something, it's all okay. Well yeah, maybe. But if they're screwing over you, pardon the term, along the way, how is that a good thing? I've talked about the fact that I've given two oaths in my life and I intend to keep both of them to the day I die. I wonder if somebody's always giving oaths or always um, reciting pledges of loyalty or pledges in general, at a certain point, ought you question their fidelity when their actions don't follow their statements? The reason why loyalty is lacking is because we don't practice it as a society, as a whole. We have misplaced loyalties. We have a lot of misplaced loyalties. We just ran through a double cult of personality that went face to face. One on one side of the aisle, the other on the other side of the aisle, and nobody expected the race to go the way it went at this point six years ago. And then we were, a good number of people were shocked that it went the other way. I mean, if you looked at some of the things going on, it shouldn't have been a shock. But again, nothing's changed. These folks don't deserve the loyalty. And that's why it's not there. And it's a challenge for, you know, us at the ground level. I want my friends to be loyal to me and I want to be loyal to my friends, my uh, local officials. I want to stay loyal to them so long as they earn it. But at the next step up or the next step above that, those people routinely stomp all over your loyalty. They don't respect us. They don't respect you in particular yet. For some odd reason, you go do the same thing and it's not out of loyalty anymore, is it? Because it's clear they don't earn your loyalty. So what is it? Are we that well trained? Are we that ill informed? Are we just not critical thinkers anymore as a public? Some would say yes. I don't know if I believe that as a whole. I mean, there's plenty of people out there that have these high skilled jobs and difficult things that they have to do. I mean, even an equipment operator, people poo-poo there. Well, no, it's not. It's a challenge. And boy, if you can see a skilled equipment operator, man, they're artists. I mean, and even artists, they have to be able to think beyond what a lot of people can think. They have to see things like perhaps even an engineer looks at certain things. So it's not for lack of brain power. It's not for lack of imagination. It's not for lack of the skill in the process of thinking things through. They don't care. And I don't know how you make people care. I mean, that for me, setting aside the common ground, the trust, and the loyalty, which I think are the three things that are lacking that kind of cause the problem where we're at, and that all drives to apathy, right? And I wish I could be apathetic. I wish I could just look at government and not care. But I can't. I mean, we are talking about something that... Rightfully, in their own eyes, rightfully comes and seizes 50% of what you earn. Not always, not everything. Again, gross generalizations here. They exercise authority to tell you how to live, where to work, how to drive, You know what kind of insurance or what kind of food that you eat. They run every part of your life. And we're okay with that. I mean, we look down upon the crazy things that happen in other countries, and I guess in some cases rightfully so, but we feel fail, excuse me, fail to feel the soft totalitarianism that we live under right now. We don't control our own lives. And apparently we're okay with that we don't question the narrative and apparently nobody cares about it. What I'm suggesting to you is apart from the lack of common ground, apart from the lack of trust, apart from the lack of loyalty, how do we fix it? I've told you what I think, but I'm curious what you think there is an opportunity to respond. There is an opportunity to post comments there. There's an opportunity to ask questions, use it. If you found any of this interesting or any of this worth your time, share it. This is going to be a group effort. This is going to be something that we're going to have to work on for some period of time to improve it. And it's going to have to start here and now. Community only happens when people come together to work on a common goal and when they trust the people around them and when they stay loyal to their community around them. There are people that talk about divisiveness. There are people that talk about the hate. That's not real. It's mostly hyperbole. Nobody wants to be around a hater, a legitimate hater. Nobody wants to deal with somebody that treats other people poorly. Nobody really wants to deal with somebody that, you know, choose your explicit reference right now. Nobody wants to deal with that. They certainly don't want their leaders to be like that. So the question is, is what do we do first? Now I I have my videos are going to be talking about this and I'm going to heavily incorporate my religious spiritual view in it. And I know some of you might not like that. And I respect that. I don't feel the need to force anything upon you that you're not going to be receptive to. But I'm going to ask you to consider watching. Think about, even if you disregard any of that, would you be better off In that community, would you be more successful or better protected in that community? I am by no means a Puritan or a Yankee in the Brian McClanahan uh, definition sense. I want for us all to be in a better place. I'm confident that the exploratory videos were going to get us and point us in a general direction of how we can get there. I would ask you to join me. I would ask you to question the narrative. I would ask you for your input. So please take advantage of that. Until then, I will see you on the other side.